0: Welcome back to Danny, Mac, and Randy on 101 ESPN. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our friend, the one and only Jay Delsing, who you hear Sunday mornings here on 101 ESPN, set to join us. Jay, of course, with uh, the 9 to 10 slot on Sunday morning and always great things. And, Dan, we're getting into the the meat now of the golf season. We've gotten through the... And I think this the, this weekend, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am is kind of the, the end of the silly season. And we, we, we start to get serious once we get past Valentine's Day. I agree. Are you a fan of the uh, Pro-Am? I am. I of do. I love it. This particular
2: weekend, I think it's yeah. fun to see the other athletes that are playing golf. And to see that, you know what, these are great athletes. And uh, I can play with some of these guys. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the beauty of golf, isn't it? Anybody can play. You figure out your handicap then do it that
0: way and make it fun. And that's what this thing's about. Jay Delsing with us now on 101 ESPN. And, Jay, this is a fun part of the calendar with the Pebble Beach Pro-Am because it's such an historic tournament. It started by Bing Crosby, what, 90 years ago, and still going strong today and back to having three courses. How do you like the format, and how do you like the weekend with the Pebble Beach Pro-Am?
1: Well, good morning, guys. Good morning. The Pebble Beach tournament was my favorite. <laughs> I... um you know, when we started, it was called the Crosby Clambake, and we would get to get up, and, and um, Cypress Point was actually one of the golf courses in the rotation. And I'm not that smart a guy, but I knew I wasn't going to get that many opportunities. So I would always play 36 holes in practicing over at Cypress <laughs> because it was such a great experience. And what what, what I remember was um, – Playing with some of the people that I that I played with, and some of the the celebrities and folks that I've met over the years, I remember one time I had finished my round, or uh, I was getting ready to play my round, and I went in to this little area near the driving range uh, where they had some breakfast. And I was I'm I, well, kind of a light eater before I was going to play, and I just sat down with this young guy. And we just started talking. I had no idea who he was, and uh, he clearly didn't know who I was either. Because when I tell you the story, he, I, I walk out of the place. And my caddy's standing there, and I walk out with a fellow I was sitting with and I said, Hey man, have a great day and, and Hoover goes woefully and and um, stuff like that. He said, Yeah, same to you. And the guy says, How long have you been friends with Justin Timberlake? <laughs> and I said, I don't know who Justin who's that? And he goes, That's 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 Justin Timberlake right there. So when I told my daughters that I just had breakfast with Justin Timberlake, they were pissed. They're like, Dad, what? I'm like yeah, I don't know. He had eggs. I had eggs. We didn't think about I didn't think about any
2: of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Who was the, uh, what, let, let me ask you this, like Barkley, some of those guys, who had some of the, the great swings that you saw and who had some of the poor swings of the non-PGA players that you saw?
1: Uh, Danny, um, I was so, I think I've told you this story maybe before, but I was so bummed that Julius Irving could not swing at all it was back in 1985. It was my rookie year and the equipment hadn't, we haven't had much of a equipment uh, evolution. And so he was playing with clubs. They were way too short for him. His hands were way too big and he, he just couldn't get the ball. He couldn't get the ball out of, out of the studio. Every single swing went about 10 yards. And I went, Oh my gosh, I was, I was just floored by, uh, by that. But some of and, 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 uh everybody loves Raymond. What is that? Actor? Ray Romano.
2: Ray Romano. Ray yeah.
1: Romano. He could kill an entire gallery. He would shoot balls in every direction. I can remember one day I was uh, working on a couple of bunker shots at um, Spyglass, and he came over and said, is there any way you can help me get out of the bunker? And I <laughs> said, well, yeah, just grab your 60-degree wedge. He goes, no, I mean – Physically, get out of the bunker. <laughs> Some of these bunkers are so deep I can't get out. <laughs> and I, we just laughed, and I gave him a quick bunker lesson and stuff. But that was the thing—the the game. Besides bringing us all together and leveling the the social playing field, it it just uh, brought out this camaraderie, you guys, that was just uh, fantastic. I'm trying to think of. From a, um, Bill Murray. I was actually, just going
2: to ask you: Have you ever I'm played with Bill Murray?
1: No, no, but I played right behind him at Poppy Hills the year that he. Uh, I'm standing out in the 18th fairway, waiting to go for this uh, par five and two. And there's probably about 10,000 people around the green, and so I'm about 250, 260 yards away, and I'm, I'm I don't know what's going on, but there is an uproar and 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 um i i'm waiting and, and it just i'm kind of getting pissed it's taking so long right and it turns out that bill was playing with jeff sluman and scott simpson up in front of me he grabbed a woman out of the crowd threw him over his shoulder ran around the 18th screen twice and then dumped her physically dumped her in the sand trap, <laughs> in the bunker and the people were going crazy so they had to re rake the bunkers and, when we finally got up there, um, uh, I was told the story, and then I saw it on the news that night. So. But Bill Murray can, can actually play, but he's always wearing some sort of funky hat, and he's um, uh, he's just a character. One time when we were playing at, um, at Westchester up in New York, he uh, caddied for Peter Jacobson. And in the locker room, guys, we had probably 25 of our golf bags all lined up, along this wall and bill murray comes in carrying peter's bag and we're all i I think it was at a rain delay and so there's probably about 50 of us standing there and looking at him and he starts to stumble and hits the first golf bag with the back end of peter's bag and dominoes all 25 (laughs) they all fell down and then he jumped right on top of them it was, it was pretty, fun,
0: pretty fun. That's fantastic. Hey, Jay, we had you tell the story about how when you broke your driver at the Ascension Charity Classic, you were able to get 10 years' worth of uh, uh, technology <laughs> when, when you got the new head. And Dan was saying that you've got a tailor-made person coming up on the show, and I looked at the tailor-made carbon driver. How much of a difference do you think materials can make from one year to the next in the changes in a golf club? Like if I have a four-year-old driver, is it going to be dramatically different if I get a new one in 2022?
1: Well, it's interesting, Randy. Typically, I would say no. I would say don't go for it. This thing is an entirely different animal. So much so, and Jeff Thornhill is the guy that's coming on today, and he is just a great guy. So much information. Uh, I, was, I was taking notes because some of the stuff that he was telling me, but Taylor made you guys, is no longer going to make Metal Woods. That's how much they're all in on this carbon material. Wow. And, and I've hit it, and the face is definitely hot. So it really just depends, Randy. If you're talking about, I think, all things considered, if you hit your, what are you playing now? Which, uh, which driver do you the have The M4,
0: the TaylorMade M4.
1: Yeah. So if you have, if you have the M4 and, and you hit both of them as well as you can, you're probably going to get somewhere between 3 and 10 yards out of this uh, new driver. The face is hot. It It is really super hot. And what they did was they were able to layer all of this carbon. And, and Jeff talks about this. I, I was, like I said, <laughs> clueless and just writing it down. But what they did was the, it's, it's a much lighter uh, uh, material. So what they can do is rearrange the weight to get more uh, of the weight where you need it. And, so- and some smart guys are out there figuring this out, spending millions of dollars, They've been working on this technology, you guys, for over five years, and wow. so, and, and 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 probably much longer. But that's what they're admitting to.
2: Well, it was interesting that uh, Phil Mickelson uh, came out and kind of, you know, he he was pretty vocal about his displeasure with how the tour has handled its revenue and specifically media rights uh, for the players. What, what did you think of what he had to say this past week?
1: You know, it's something that no one ever talks about, Danny, but I can remember how excited I was when I slugged out and got it through the, the qualifying school, six rounds, and we had this um, uh, orientation the next day, and we're signing all these papers, and I thought to myself, what in the hell am I signing? I'm not buying a new house, you know? And they, and, but what winds up happening is you sign everybody, Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus, the whole crew, signs away their rights to our own um to our own self basically. so
2: image and likeness that kind of stuff
1: image and likeness so basically yeah thanks that was said really poorly thank you <laughs> really what happens is um when i had a deal with Anheuser bush they did they wanted to put um some uh, cutouts of me in the beer section because i was representing them and I said, yeah, that's not going to be any problem. I called the tour office, and they said, oh, no, that's, that is not going to be like you just tell them how many you want. They have to pay for that. And I'm like, what? I can't believe that. So what Phil's talking about is all of the, all of the videos, all of the great shots that he said, all of these other things that he has, besides the m- massive millions of dollars that he's made in his career, the tour owns the rights to everything of Phil Mickelson in terms of pictures, likenesses, everything. So if if you want a picture of Phil, uh, you, you want to use a 10-second clip of Phil holding the putt to win the PGA Championship or the Masters that he won on 18 when, when he won last, it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you a
0: ton. Could you envision golfers unionizing?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, there's was talk for 15 years, the last 15 years of my career, and you throw – hundred and fifty guys in a room that have been on their own their whole time, and it's the biggest cluster you've ever. <laughs> you've got all sorts of different opinions and all sorts of different. I I just don't see it. I, I they probably should. When I talk to some of the other, friends, especially our hockey player friends, you know, we don't have great uh, hotel deals like none. We have an okay uh, a car discount, but I know some of the NHL players. You know, even after they retire. They can still use some of their hotel discounts and go to a, a really nice Western or something and get, you know, a good rate. We don't have anything like that when we play uh, and and nothing like that, you know, uh, now that we're retired and things like that. There's just not much like that.
2: So what do you think? Like Bryson DeChambeau, uh, there was reports that he was offered $135 million to join the Saudi Arabia Backed super golf league. Do you think, do you think some of these players may take that money and say, yeah, uh, th- you know what? I'm in it for the money. And this is what I want to do.
1: I did Danny. I really don't accept, you know what? I'm going to start changing. I read about it every single day. Lee Westwood signed an NDA. So this non-disclosure tells me that Lee Westwood has signed up uh, or has done something that no one else has done because he couldn't talk about it in his press conference. I've been uh, kind of glued to this uh, um, information that's coming out um, and, and it's, and it's just coming out so slowly they are throwing. So they, they allegedly offered Ian Poulter. He's 46 years old. His career is way on the back nine, somewhere between 20 and 30 million to join. So they are really just trying to fire money at people to get somebody to do this. And I, as a young player, I don't know why you do it because so the take, uh, I don't know, take either Ricky or take Justin Thomas or or Jordan Spieth. These guys are in their mid twenties, and uh, well, Fowler's a little older, but they have made probably thirty to forty to fifty million dollars already on the PGA Tour, and they're after wins and notoriety and records and things like that. This this isn't going to have any sort of influence on that. It's going to load up their bank account, but how much money do you need?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, Great great question. Jay, great stuff. Thanks, as always. We'll be tuned in on Sunday morning. Can't wait to hear that. And have yourself a great weekend. Great show, Randy.
1: I'm really glad because you and I are about the same age. I'm really glad you didn't call me to tutor you in high school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we would have had some real problems, man. <laughs> yeah, we would have been right to the golf course, buddy. That's you're, where we'd have been. you're right about that. See you later, Jay. Take care. Thanks for this. Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN.